Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and whatever else is appropriate. Festivus. Cancel culture. Festivus, because cancel culture wants to cancel every goddamn thing you can say in the world out there. But, you know, I've always grew up saying Merry Christmas, and I'm fine with that. You're not going to insult me if you tell me Merry Christmas. Yeah, at the heart of anything, like, no matter what holiday someone is, like, wishing you, at, at the core of it, they're wishing you a great day. And, That's it. And, and glad tidings and peace on yeah. earth. And it's like, you know, if I don't, don't see why if you don't agree with it. On that. I know. Because yeah. fucking people are just, I hate people in the current generation sometimes. Know, right? Let's just put it that way. <laughs> But uh, but it is it is Christmas weekend and um, our last episode of the year, um, and uh, we'll go we'll look back this year at the year a little bit and what what it's been and we'll we'll look forward to some movies that are coming in twenty twenty four and mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite parts of the show every year is our look back on our favorite movies of twenty twenty three and uh, also our feature film today our feature our annual uh, Batman Christmas movie you know this year featuring Batman Forever. And um, whatever else comes to our brilliant Lex Luthor style minds, <laughs> you know. Yes. Well, you've got the Lex Luthor head going over there. Damn right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, um, I'm I'm ready for this weekend. Man. I do enjoy Christmas, and uh, I'm excited to excited to see the kids' excitement and all that good stuff. You know, so it'd be fun. Yeah, man. When they wake up and they're like, Santa was here, man. They wake you up at 4 a.m. six goddamn a.m. Yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 Santa. Santa. It's, like, it's not even light uh, out yet. And then uh, mine will get mad like, because. What day is I'll, it? I'll make yeah, them. You wake up. You're, you're like Kyle Reese. What day is yeah. it? What year? Yeah. I don't know. And I'll make them wait till I pop my contacts in. And then I usually make a cup of coffee. And they're like, yes. oh, come on, dad. Then we usually do a little family picture, and I'm uh-huh. like, so the whole sequence takes maybe five minutes, but for them, that's like an eternity of waiting. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they just want to get into it and start tearing it up, start uh, looking. But you know, it's it's just. Um, but I, I get it, man. I mean, I remember being excited as a kid and didn't know I was going to wake up and find a new Star Wars or Transformer or a He-Man toy under the tree, and uh-huh. you know, a Nintendo or game or whatever, man. You know, it's um. That's that's part of the excitement of it, and uh, it is a fun time of the year. Definitely, and, uh, and I think that uh, people that tell you that don't tell me Merry Christmas or don't tell me this is just take away from the fun of it. It's like you know, if you don't agree with what someone says, just say, "Okay, you too," and move on. You know, so that's it. Exactly. You know, just don't ruin it for the rest of us. Fuck Ted, fuck Smacks. You know, it's like yeah, it's uh, like you know, look. You know, pay attention to what you know. They're they're really trying to tell you. They're really trying to tell you have, you know, a, a great, you know, weekend and have a good time with your family. You know, your your kids, your dog, whatever you got at home. You know, <laughs> that's it. And uh, we know loaf or whatever you eat. You know, we hope. I hope <laughs> to have this episode out on Christmas Eve on Sunday morning instead of Monday morning. And um, for so those of you who are listening to it over Christmas, we do from the Rebel Radio Podcast with Shaw. Merry Christmas and a happy holidays. And those that listen to it on Tuesday when they have to return to work, um, I'm sorry you have to go back to work after the holiday, but we hope you still enjoy the show. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm off for a week, so I don't have to return to work Tuesday. So fuck you, suckers. No, but, uh, jealous. I'm jealous. But, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, man, uh, 
other than that, man, it's, it's working in the grocery industry. It's been a very busy and trying week. And uh, so I, I didn't get to watch as much stuff this week. Like last week, I was pretty loaded with stuff to watch. But this week, it's been a little bit slacking. Um, I'm still uh, going down the One Piece rabbit hole and the Godzilla rabbit holes both. And uh, so I watched uh, one of the animated One Piece films called One Piece Gold. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's... I don't know all the characters that appear in it because I'm not that far along in the anime, but uh, it's cool because it's pretty accessible without having watching the show. I picked up what was going on, and um, a lot of those movies are similar to the uh, Dragon Ball movies where they're non-canon. You know, there's a few of them that are canon, a few of them that aren't, so they kind of can tell a standalone story, Um, and it was good. Uh, You know, and I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying going down that that anime thing and the and peeking into it um but one piece is fun i can see why it's real popular and uh i watched it's on netflix they have a lot of one piece stuff on netflix and crunchyroll and all that it's odd that crunchyroll that doesn't have though like it only goes like season 17 where netflix has like 18 and 19 like the two newest seasons and, huh. uh, maybe it's a rights thing you know has to do where they get it first could be because yeah. uh or maybe crunchyroll crunchyroll is also still moving things over. I mean, a lot of people know this, that they're merging with Funimation at some point. It was supposed to be last year. In mm-hmm. fact, when you cancel Funimation now, it you, they send you an email saying, we're sad to see you go, but we hope you'll join us on Crunchyroll X Funimation. I guess that's going to be the new name of it. Oh, so uh, um, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it seems like they've been merging for a year now to one app. But Slowly merging. Because <laughs> um, I did notice stuff that's like Funimation exclusives, like the show I watched earlier this year that I raved about, My Dress Up Darling. Mm-hmm. That was a Funimation show, but it's on Crunchyroll now. So things like okay. that, that Funimation exclusives are all are all moving over. So, um, but uh, yeah, One Piece film goal was was good. And then uh, I did um, continue down. Uh, I I don't think I watched another old Godzilla movie yet, but I went back and uh, and um, gave Shin Godzilla another chance um, mm-hmm. since it's the most recent Godzilla movie next to Godzilla minus one. And man, you know, Shin Godzilla, the first time I watched it, I, I, I've only seen it one other time until this week. I really didn't like it at all. You know, I was like, nah, I just don't care for it. It's slow and political and kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And and I think I watched it with the wrong mindset because the second time I'm watching it, I'm appreciating it a little bit more. Um, it's it's different. It's I think the biggest problem is it is subverts your expectations of what a Godzilla movie is because it's so different than anything that had ever come before. You know, all this political stuff. It's shot almost documentary style with yeah. quick camera angles and putting names above the characters and who they are. Um, and, and so it's it's but it's well paced, I think. And I still hate the googly eyes on the Godzilla, and I still yeah. hate. I still not a fan of Godzilla going through four different forms. Where is this Goku and he's transforming? No, you know, <laughs> I, I don't really uh, not a big fan of that. But that said, though, there's a lot of really cool shots in the movie. Um, when Godzilla does get to his final form, he's absolutely almost as terrifying as minus one Godzilla. Um, he's badass in it. Uh, but um, it's still kind of mid-level. I think after watching minus one, it's still kind of like, yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah, but I don't think Shin Godzilla is as bad as I remember it being. You know, it's not great, but it's not the worst thing either. You know, um, it, it's a fun Godzilla movie with, with some ideas that were just were it, they were trying to modernize it. What would happen if Godzilla appeared in 2016? So they try to modernize it, and and some ideas work, and some were kind of like, eh, maybe you're reaching a little bit too much. And I think that's why going back to the basics of minus one is what works better. 
But um, yeah, I man, that's really all I watched this week. Just a couple of things. I haven't had a lot of time to watch a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I almost uh, came away with nothing, um, except uh, you know my kids wanting to to keep watching Five Nights at Freddy's for some reason, um, and uh, so I've been watching that like once every other day. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got that song stuck in the head in my head by the Romantics, uh, talking in your sleep. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, um. Yeah, so Zack Snyder released a, a film on Netflix, uh, Rebel Moon, and uh, I checked that out today, and it was entertaining. I didn't think it's not as good as I wanted it to be. It's definitely got some elements in there that um, are interesting, and uh, I'm curious to see where it goes. Um, but uh, it's got all the Zack Snyder elements, the slow motion stuff. Um, it looks like a Zack Snyder film. Um, definitely uh, some elements from 300 in there for sure. And uh, action's good. I think the action's good. Uh, the story, you know, it's the first film, so there's some exposition there. Um, but I feel like it's a, it's an entertaining film. I give it a B-. Um, I've heard mixed things about it, but I yeah. heard some people say it's, not that great, but then some people say it's good enough. You kind of have to wait and see what happens with part two. Yeah, I think it, I think there's room to grow for sure. I think it's going to get better. Um, and, and I definitely think the first the first half of the movie started off pretty good, and and, and had me okay. This is pretty interesting. Okay, I want to check this out. What's going on here? And then as it unfolded, I'm like, okay, you're you're introducing a lot of characters and. And uh, trying to, you know, build the world and expand a little bit. Um, so, you know, there are some growing pains in that stage of it versus like whenever the story is fully developed and you can just have, you know, char- this character versus that character or this battle scene and and have it, you know, happen without having to explain, you know, exposition, backstory through flashbacks and stuff like that. Um, some people, yeah, were like, you know, oh, it sucks. And some people are like, oh, it's great. You know, I feel like it. there's just like, you know, so many on opposite ends of that, yeah. uh, you know, of that scale. But I think it was uh, serviceable, you know, I, B minus C plus kind of area for me. Um, but it does look good. I think it looks good. Uh, and I think the uh, the action is, is pretty good. The gunfighting that's in there um, and uh, the characters um, that they bring in, I think definitely, uh, are going to have a bigger part in the second film. Of course, they didn't get, uh, as much, uh, yeah, as much exposure. I feel like on, on the, on this film, uh, as much as I would like. Um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely something worth checking out. I think the second part comes out in April of next year. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes after that. Um, course you know he was he was trying i guess he was trying to do uh star wars and uh he said he was gonna build it with uh kfc employees and hookers <laughs> and this is how he put together the film i don't know uh but uh but check it out check it no, out i'm gonna I plan on watching it um yeah I, I think i wonder if he put his foot in his mouth a little bit though by saying he's gonna have a director's cut later on so some people are like judging this first film by well if there's a different cut then what is this film yeah, and I almost feel like 
would have marketed the film better by putting out a PG-13 version and the R-rated version at the same time and give yourself a choice of what to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, because uh, I got that vibe, too, from people that said, well, if there's more coming, why am I investing in this version? You know, I've seen that that take also, you know, so. Yeah, you you could have a uh, you shoot yourself in the foot whenever you do something like that. You're like, hey, right. a, a better cut's going to come out. Because, like, oh, well, I'll just wait until the better cut comes well, out. Because especially with Snyder now, I mean, think about it. He had a director's cut of Sucker Punch. He's had a director's cut of Dawn of the Dead. Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Cut. Justice League Snyder. Well, the Justice League Snyder Cut, I don't blame him because of things happened to his daughter and everything. Um, you know, but it just like he's become like that guy, like the Cameron of this decade. Cameron always had special editions and director's cuts. Uh-huh. Now Snyder's doing it. But... uh but it's interesting to pre-announce that there's an R-rated director's cut version coming, and it makes people think, well, should I invest in this version? So we'll see you know, down the yeah. road if it makes a difference in the film and the R-rated version comes out. That you, It's funny. You reminded me about that because I, I did watch, you know, I do this every so often. I'll just randomly watch Terminator 2 because, you know, it's it's me, you know. And uh, I, uh, I, I realized I was watching – a different version because I, I always remember uh, whenever Arnold has to be reset so he can learn and become more human. And in that moment, when the chips out, there's a scene where Sarah Connor tries to destroy the chip mm-hmm. because she doesn't like terminators doesn't trust him. And John covers the chip with his hands so that she doesn't, you know, come down on it. And uh, he's like, if I'm supposed to be some great leader, maybe listen to my ideas. And so she puts the chip back in Arnold, but in the regular version, that scene never happens. He just says, I can, you know, my CPU is a new and they process a learning computer. To be fair though, some of Cameron's special editions though were a, were a product at the time theaters didn't want two and a half hour movies last that at the time they complained like hell because dance of the wolves was three hours long. Yeah. Um, Studios want two hours to fit in a window because now no big deal. If, Terminator 2, The Abyss, all those came out that two and a half hour run times would have been nothing. Oh yeah, that's that's like normal now. And and you know, longer is still acceptable and it's like three, three and a half hours and really long is more like four hours. Uh, but even that's acceptable now depending on the film. Right. Yeah. So you know, interesting uh, how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I plan on getting a Rebel Moon, and I think the creator hit Hulu. Also, I want to watch that sometime this week too. Oh know. yeah, so a couple things to watch uh, when we come back in the new year. We'll have a, I think we'll both have a bit to talk about what we've watched uh, over the holiday break. Definitely. Um, but uh, so man, there's there's no 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 news really to talk about. So uh, man, do we want do we want to break the enchilada now and do our best five favorite films of 2023? Do we want to save it after the feature? Film? Oh shit. Yeah, uh, I, think, we, I think I think you know what. Either way, either way, let's, I'm good. Let's save it, but let's save do it? now. Yeah. Let's do now. Let's talk about movies that are coming in 2024. Oh yeah, and yeah. Before we we'll we'll bridge it with that, and we're gonna make y'all wait for our top five movies of the year. Um, but we can bridge it with that, and so this is our final episode of 2023. But 2024 is just around the corner, and uh, a lot of great films coming to theaters next year. It's going to be kind of a weird year. No DC films, only one Marvel film. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean there's not a lot of great movies to look forward to. Um, right now, only one Marvel film, possibly two, because we don't know yet if Across the Spider-Verse is coming 
next year or not. You know, Sony yeah. still hasn't said if it's pushed back an entire year or just later in the year. So as of now, we're only getting Deadpool 3. Um, and that's where I'll start. I, I have Deadpool 3 as, as one of my honorable mentions looking forward to in 2024. Is, and that's mostly because Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine. I am. Yeah. You know, I've never been a big fan of the Deadpool movies. I think they're. I think Deadpool is a character that works if he's written well in the comics. And uh, I think in the movie version, it's like the breaking the fourth wall stuff and all that. Like, I don't know. It's okay to me. I'm not a huge fan. I think Ryan Reynolds is fine in the role. But I'm like, yeah. Like, the first one was cool. But then I watched the second one. I am just felt like, okay, I've, it's all been done before. After like, it's one. too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so hopefully a third one is good with uh, Hugh Jackman returning as Wolverine. Um and then I have one other honorable mention, and that is a uh, Dune Part Two, and that's just because I'm not a like I enjoy Dune, but like I'm not a huge fan. But yet I'm curious if Part Two has more action and where the story goes. Mm-hmm. So um, that's my other honorable mention. Those are my two before I get into some movies I picked for uh, 2024 that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, no, uh, I I also have Deadpool two, Deadpool Three, sorry, um, on uh, on my list and. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh that's a good one. Um I also think uh I'm I'm going to put this one on there cuz I kind of enjoy these movies. Uh it's uh Despicable Me 4. Uh and actually I like Gru. Uh you know, I think it's uh you know, I think he's he's a character. Uh so we'll see we'll see about uh Despicable Me 4. Those will be my Hopefully cuz uh, I f- I did feel after honorable mentions. The, I know the Minions movies are prequels, but I felt like after the Rise of Gru, I felt like they were starting to stretch the property. Yeah. So hopefully the fourth Despicable Me is good. Bring it back around. Yeah. yeah. Um well, I, I didn't do any certain order in my five I picked five movies that I'm looking forward to and next year and um i didn't pick any certain order for these like my our top five for 2023 have an order these i just kind of randomly picked yeah but um but i'll start with alien romulus um you know we know that it's supposedly a sort of sequel to ridley scott's alien covenant but we also have heard it takes place at the same time as ripley's alien movies we don't really know a lot about alien romulus all we know is it's a new alien movie and it's come out in august and uh there seems to be some buzz about it and i think uh it's a cool franchise that people are looking forward to seeing where they go with alien. Um, I think, so I think a, a huge amount of curiosity is a good way to put behind alien Romulus. And uh, so I'm really curious when we get the first trailer, our first look at it and uh, see what this new alien film is all about. Um, we just want to go down our list and you do your list and you can match them up. Yeah. 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 Um, second Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. I mean, Obviously a huge fan of that franchise. We talked about the new trailer a couple weeks ago. Um, I rewatched the trailer again the other day just because it came across the feed. And I was like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm down for this. You know, it looks awesome. Um, this is a movie that, as far as I know, is still coming this year. And um, that's Transformers 1, which is the first animated Transformers film that's going to hit theaters oh, yeah. since 86. Um, and it's going to be Generation 1 style Transformers and anim- CGI 3D animation. Um so again, kind of like Alien Romulus, high amount of curiosity on this, you know, as what is it? What's it going to be? Is it going to be badass? Is it going to suck? You know, but uh, Transformers won. Um, next, Godzilla vs. Kong. Fro- uh, you know, that's part two, the new Empire. Almost said Frozen Empire, but that's Ghostbusters. Um, but Godzilla vs. Kong, man, you know, Godzilla minus one is fantastic, but I'm also down for just 
fun in that playground of Godzilla. Yeah, man. So, just just watching the trailer, it looks like a, a ton of fun. Yeah. And then uh, the last one I wrote down is Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Huge fan of that new reboot franchise, of the franchise in general. I am. Um, that's probably is probably one of my number one most anticipated movies of the year. Really looking forward to that. Uh, can't wait. And um, and it made me think about honorable mentions is Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. I even thought about that. And, uh, you know, so there is some other things coming out. But uh, definitely looking forward to Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes in 2024. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, um, I, I've got that on my list, too. Like like you said, no particular order. Um, but, yeah, Planet of the Apes, I, I haven't been disappointed with this uh, reimagination um, of the story through, like, prequel. Like, going going at it almost like a prequel storyline. Um, I love it. They all look great. They're, they're well done. And uh, I think this one's going to be great, too. Um, Frozen Empire, also on my list. Uh, I, I want to see where um, the afterlife, uh, you know, saga goes. And, you know, there's there's uh, speculation that Oscar uh, Dana Barrett's uh, son is going to be a Ghostbuster. Uh, we'll see. Um, they're trying to say that they saw a piece of the uh, of the name tag. And it looks like it could be Oscar, like from Ghostbusters, too. But we'll see. Um, and then, uh, of course, Furiosa. Godzilla X Kong, as uh, as you said, I'm gonna throw a random one out there, uh, Nosferatu. Um, so same director as The Witch. I want I want to see a, a new age version of of Nosferatu. Yeah, uh, awesome. I had to throw a horror movie in there, you know. Yeah. Uh, why not? Um, but yeah, man, uh, I think uh, I think 2024 is gonna be pretty good. I I think this year was pretty strong. We'll get into that and later. It's crazy because like I would have easily had Dead Reckoning Part Two on the list if it had not got pushed back and Beyond the Spider Verse oh, if we yeah. knew when it was coming out. You know, easily would have been on the list, um, mm -hmm. but we just don't know when the. Well, apparently, Dead Reckoning is in twenty twenty five. We just don't know when um, Beyond the Spider Verse is going to hit. Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be some gems in there we're not even thinking about. You know, or expecting that yeah. are going to hit. You know, there's always some that we forget. Like I, I forgot Wonka was coming out this year. Yeah, and Wonka looks good. Well, and then like the ballerina, the John Wick spinoff, apparently is coming out sometime next year. You know, it could be interesting. Uh, you know, it's just always something we're not thinking about mm -hmm. um, that could hit and surprise us, you know. So, but, um, but yeah, so that that's a good kickoff. And in just a little bit here, we'll uh, give you our top five of 2023 with a couple of mentions on that list, too. I'm looking forward to getting there. Before we get there, um, it is time for our annual Christmas Batman film uh, tradition. We started a few years back and uh, and it's always fun to do this and. Uh, and um, I'm not even sure, you know, I think thought back about it, I'm not even sure why, how, why we decided Batman films at Christmas time. I think it just sort of fell into our laps. Yeah. You started um, doing, I think, I think you had Mask done the phantasm, Mask maybe the phantasm. Yeah. and then I think uh, we came up on an anniversary of under the red hood. Yeah. And then, you know, we're just like, you know what, let's just do a Batman film every December. Let's just do it. Cause it's like, uh, it, it just, it just feels right. Right. I mean, and then there was that one time we did uh Batman returns and uh, it's it's a snowy type movie and it, and it felt really well in december so you know batman in december just kind of you know clicks with us yeah and um you know so this uh, you know we covered batman and robin on our short-lived patreon and we've done the nolan films and we've done batman batman returns so i think this is officially our last live action 
Batman movie to cover until the Batman part two comes out or yeah. Batman brave and the bull, whatever comes out next. Um, but today it is Batman forever. And this is the film that, um, you know, the studio tried really hard to get Tim Burton to come back and, and do a third Batman film, but he wanted to take a little break and, you know, he just wasn't interested at the time. And Michael Keaton really didn't want to do it again unless they paid him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So Keaton was like, he was kind of done. And then Burton at that point was like, well, I really don't want to do it without Keaton. So Warner Brothers decided to move on with um, a different director and different cast. And they hired Joel Schumacher um, to come in and make a new Batman film. And and Schumacher basically kind of asked Warner Brothers, hey, do I have to, uh, can I do my own thing? And they were like, well, yeah, you know, because he goes, I want to lighten it up some. Um, now, I think with Batman Forever, he didn't quite, it is a little campy, but I don't think it's as campy as Batman and Robin. Oh, um, yeah. I think it's just, I, I look at Batman Forever as being just a little more family friendly campy. But it is, you know, because it doesn't have any much more sillier moments than I think even Batman Returns had. Um, I think it's a little more over the top as far as the way Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones portray their respective villains. I do think they're a little over the top in this. But that said, there's there's a lot of fun to be had in Batman Forever. They bring Val Kilmer in to play Bruce Wayne and Batman. Mm-hmm. They introduce uh, Dick Grayson through Chris O'Donnell, who plays Robin and uh, and, and and Dick Grayson. And they bring in another love interest from Nicole Kidman. And uh, and they bring in um, two new villains, again, like Tommy Lee Jones playing Two-Face, Harvey Dent. And yep. Jim Carrey, who was on top of the world at this time, is one of the most popular actors in the world to, to play Edward Nygma the Riddler. And uh, so you bring this cast together and you're thinking, man, it's quite a remarkable cast. And it really is. You know, Yeah, it was. Still might be one of the best casts we've had in a Batman film. You know, uh, You could argue it against, even as good as Nolan's films are, this cast at that time in 1993 or 95 was amazing. It really oh, yeah. was. It's um, a lot of marketing and mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, you know, spinoff stuff uh, for Batman forever. I remember going to sea world and they had a Batman forever show on the water. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, I think I saw that show like three times. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the, the plot of this film is basically like any other Batman film, uh, you know, two faces, a bank robber wants to cause chaos and Batman has a stop in him and he, he teams up with Nigma, who's mad at Bruce Wayne and the and he becomes a Riddler. And he has a scheme to uh, wipe the minds of everyone in Gotham by stealing their bank account numbers and things like that through mind warp, which is yeah. just really bizarre and weird. Taking Straight out all the information from every yeah. And, and and that said though, I do think Carrie is great in this movie. He's probably the best part of the film. <laughs> yes. He, he he has a lot of fun. It's he's good. Or Tommy Lee Jones. Um, I think the problem with Tommy Lee Jones is two faces. I don't buy him as silly. I buy him as a serious actor. So he comes across as just being kind of stupid. Yeah. But Carrie is fantastic. Um, Kilmer, man, you know, as, as good as Kilmer is, he looks actor, good in the suit, but he's on, but he just seems uninterested the entire film. Yeah. Like he like, just did it, you yeah. know, to do it. Even Clooney seemed more interested in Batman and Robin. And, and Batman and Robin is yeah. not a good film, but at least Clooney was invested in it. He was uh, dialed in at least. Yeah. Kilmer truly just feels like he's not there for most of this film. Like That's not to say he's, he's del- awful, but he's yeah. just like not great either. Like whenever he's delivering his, you know, his comedic esque line right at the beginning, uh, and uh, Alfred's like, "Can I get you to bring a sandwich, sir?" And he's like, right. "I'll go through a drive-through," and yeah. I'm like, "He doesn't even like, you know, it feels like he doesn't put any character into it really." Right. And, uh, you know, whereas like Clooney, whenever he pulls out the bat card, 
you know, he's like, there's like a really slight humor to it. it. You know, there's a, yeah, there's a little bit more humor. Um, I feel like he's into it. Uh, you know, Val, like you said, I feel like he's just, you know, all right, this is what I got to say. And that's and, it. And, and this film also chose to go the route of uh, upping the ante as far as stunts and big set pieces where, where Burton would use the big set pieces as primary climaxes of his films, whether it's the church fight with the Joker at the end or the big sewer battle with the penguin. Yeah. Or Schumacher's Batman Forever is definitely more interesting getting from big set piece to next big set piece to the massively big set piece at the end. We're introduced to a fully costumed Robin, which that part as a high schooler in 1995 or fixed and graduate high school or whatever it was, um, I loved seeing a live action Robin on the screen to me at that time was badass. And, and they but, even did the flying Grayson backstory. Mm-hmm. Even though he's a little older. Yeah, and he's killed by Two-Face and his goons instead of just a random accident. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that part was cool. Um, and seeing all that and seeing Robin on screen with a Robin costume, which is still the only Robin live-action Robin we've had besides the 1966 Batman. Because all yeah. the other directors have chose to tackle him yet. And he um, does a little, you know, Burt Ward, you know, a little line in there. Holy, you rusted metal Batman. Yeah, which I chuckle at every time. Yeah, I'm you like... Know, <laughs> and, and you know, and overall though, the, this movie is it's it's fun. There's no real sense of peril ever when even when Robin is captured and all that at the end. You know, where sometimes in the Nolan films and even in Pattinson's film, there is definitely a sense of peril and darkness that something evil could happen. But you never get that sense in the Schumacher film. Yeah, you know that Batman is is going to save the day, uh, even whenever he's he's trapped in the safe at the beginning, uh, you know, he's going to get out of it and, and, you know, he's going to save the guard and he's going to get one over on two face. Um, and then, you know, it's, uh, the only speaking about two face, it's like, he's so, uh, he's so not two face, you know, <laughs> right. flipping, flipping the coin over and over again until he gets the, you know, the, the heads that he wants, you know, it, it it doesn't that's not what two-face would do you know right. what he does in the beginning of the film and and says all right you know luck shines on you today uh that's that's a two-face thing but right. yeah getting well, frustrated and just two-face is such a complex character to do yeah. live action even nolan the dark the one night on the dark night is the last 20 minutes of the film there's that's people feel that the two-face stuff feels forced and doesn't quite work well um you know and, and and I get the point why he had Harvey didn't turn into two face, but that is a lot of people's knocks. And I think he's just one of those characters that's extremely difficult to transfer to live action. If the, yeah. if the great Christopher Nolan couldn't do it quite to people's satisfaction, then back in 1995, there's no way Joel Schumacher was going to do it with the silly purple makeup, silly purple costume. Um, but at the same time, compared to today's superhero films, it's what we had then. And it's it's okay. Um, yeah. But I think he's also he's shined up so much by Jim Carrey's Riddler that it makes Two Face just seem kind of like you said that's not Two Face. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't feel like it, you know. Uh, he's got the got the name on there, uh, at which they had to buy out uh, Billy D. Williams, mm-hmm. and uh, but you know just yeah. to get Tommy Lee Jones on there. Yeah, which and I that, think Billy then... D. probably would have worked better. Um, you might have and since talk uh, about, Tommy didn't get along with Jim during yeah, the filming. Tom, he did not like Jim's antics. But but that said, though, Jim is great in the movie. He loved doing this movie. He's he's talked about to this day a lot of fun. You know, he he was well aware that they had asked Robin Williams to do it, and Robin Williams turned it down. 
and Jim Carrey felt that he really wanted to do the great Robin Williams justice. And he, and he put his heart and soul into the role. Um, you know, he, and it shows, I think it carries really good as the Riddler in this movie. Um, he shines uh, in it and, and he looks like he's having a ton of fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, um, he reminds I, uh, me of uh, the mask, like his performance in the mask. Very, mm-hmm. very similar. Yeah. I mean, Carrie was on a roll at this time in the careers. Great performance after great performance. Um, you know, and I, I actually really like him as a Riddler. I mean, you know, and it's the only other live action version we've had on in a movie other than, um, you know, last year, whenever we had um, his name's escaping me, a guy who played the Riddler. Uh, but it was such a much different version in, in Matt Ray's film compared to this yeah. one. Um, you know, and it's funny because neither version is really the Riddler that I most am familiar with in comics in the animated series. Like, yeah. really smart, this, really, Batman. yeah, really smart, really uh, plays games and stuff. Yeah, the one in one in this one is just sort of a scientist, and then Jim Carrey's version that gets upset Bruce Wayne's and comes up with a silly plot to get back at him. And the one in Pattinson's Batman is a mass murder. So, you know, it's a quite a couple different versions of Riddler. Yeah. It's like they, they want to do a, a variation of the Riddler and make mm-hmm. him the Riddler plus, you know, right. something else. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, and then, you know, I, I want to tell my, my Batman forever story here. Um, you know, I have a, a guy I worked with, he's actually uh, moved back to the Dallas area, but um, we were talking one day about Batman stuff and, and he, he comes, I, I may have told this story in the podcast for about it, but it serves its purposes to sell it today. And he was like, Hey man, you're not going to believe this. He goes, but I'm in a Batman film. I'm like, you're what? He goes, yeah, man, back in 94 or so, I, uh, you know, wasn't really doing anything. I was out of college and buddy of mine, we were gymnasts and my buddy was like, Hey, I'm going to LA. Uh, they're, they need gymnasts for this Batman movie they're making. And he goes, you want to join? I can maybe get you a part in it. And he's like, He's like, I had nothing to lose. So he flew out to LA and he did an audition. They said, yeah, you can do it. And uh, so he did some gymnast stunt work for Robin in this movie. And they did use a cut. He said he shot. He says, you never believe how fake movie sets are. A bunch of standing around. You go, you'll do a jump for five seconds. Okay. We don't need you again for an hour. You do another jump and it's all this footage. They shoot. Then you're not even sure what's going on. Somehow it comes up together in the editing room. Yeah. And uh, when O'Donnell is jumping down into the back cave, and whenever he jumps over the car the first time, a couple of the shots are my buddy I worked with as a stuntman that were used in the film. And nice. uh, he, he had a full bat. He had a full Robin costume. He got to wear uh, a mask. He brought the mask to work one time. Let me see it. And I actually got to wear the, a Robin mask. That, that is cool, man. And Batman forever. And a uh, pretty cool story, man. And, uh, and, and uh, BB, uh, if you're listening, man, I appreciate that story is really cool. I don't know if he is listening, or not, but, uh, <laughs> But it's, that was pretty cool. He, it's the only movie he ever did, so he doesn't have an IMD page or anything like that. He just went out there. He said he got paid like 10000 bucks to do it. Damn. And he said, hey, it wasn't bad money. He got paid a little bit of money. He got to meet Nicole Kidman and Val Kilmer. He said Val was – he said actually Val was really nice. And he said uh, Nicole Kidman was a sweetheart. And he said Chris O'Donnell didn't want to talk to anybody as long as he had two chicks on his hips after the set movie was done. Uh, he said literally Chris O'Donnell would walk away from the movie set with two girls on his hip all the time. Damn. <laughs> Uh, so got a little inside scoop there from the behind the scenes of Batman oh, forever. That's why forever. he's the boy wonder. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, man, uh, overall though, Batman forever, I think uh, people want to blame it for the, the downfall in the nineties of Batman. And I really think that if uh, Schumacher had come back with Batman and Robin and made a similar film to this, I think it 
could have continued to be a successful franchise. Because yeah, what it, it was a it was basically a hundred million dollar film. It made money and, and worldwide. It made like three hundred and fifty million. Yeah. So it made money. It was a success. Um, it, it did a, a little bit better uh, reaction wise versus Batman Returns mm-hmm. uh, because they felt like it was it, it had fun. yeah a little bit more fun. Batman Returns. Some parents were like, "Oh, I took my kids here, and I felt like it had unnecessary and, violence." I mean, Matt, you know how big of a Batman fan I am, and I really yeah. don't care for Batman Returns. Like, I, I like it, and I can appreciate it, but I just, I never want to watch it. I just don't care. I just it's don't really also, like it. Yeah, it's not as much substance, and it's all style. It's all style, yeah. no substance on, on Batman Returns. It could have been, could have been better. Yeah, I think if it had a better, uh, you know, a better story. Um, and a little bit less of a mess, yeah. uh, then, then yeah, maybe. And then you come back, you do Batman and Robin with another one of the biggest stars in the world at the time, George Clooney, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, mm-hmm. huge stars. But then it's just, it's, it took the Herman, camp and Bat- it took the camp in Batman Forever, and it turned it up a hundred degrees. So it's just super campy and it's just silly. Yeah, and, and and you notice it in the first ten minutes of the movie. God, this is just dumb. And um, and unfortunately, it was audiences reacted to it, and it barely made a hundred million dollars. I think worldwide, it was it was a huge slug for Warner Brothers, and yeah, and they canned Batman until you know seven eight years later when a man named Christopher Nolan um, brought it back for us. You know, and thank thank the Lord and Maker that he did though. <laughs> you know? like, I love Arnold, but it's like his his role as as Mister Freeze. They, I don't think he was a good. Uh, a good person to play Mr. Freeze, he probably would have been better as Bane. Yeah. Like, a, like Bane as like, you know, a more serious Terminator type, you know? And to Arnold's credit though, he has a lot of fun making the movie. You can tell. Oh yeah. Yeah. He loves, Arnold loves comedy and his comedy works, but in, in certain, you know, settings like kindergarten right. cop jingle all the way. Uh, and I think it even works in, in last action hero. Of course, you know, we've had that conversation, but, uh, but it's uh, it doesn't work exactly here, right? Yeah. You know, and then there's a lot of rumor that there's a Joel Schumacher cut of Batman Forever that apparently Kevin Smith has a scene and a few other people, and there's a some sort of work print version that's been making the rounds with has deleted scenes added to it, and apparently it's a little darker um, from what Kevin said on his podcast. It's still got some of the silly stuff in it, and that's all still there. The movie plays about 20 minutes longer. And it's just, it adds to Val Kilmer's struggle with being Batman or being Bruce Wayne, which is hinted at a little bit in the film, but yeah. it's it's hinted at even more. And uh, there's been a lot of push by social media and stuff to get Warner Brothers to release it, because apparently the cut is almost done. It just would need a little bit of cleaning up of that Schumacher had a, in his vault of work before he passed away, that Schumacher basically had a cut that was almost, people say, 95% complete. So... Um, Maybe Warner Brothers will choose to uh, to do this. And, you know, if you believe the rumors that Warner Brothers and Paramount are merging soon, um, maybe once the merger goes through uh, and Discovery um, finds a reason to release the, the that cut. I mean, we have the uh, 90th, 30th anniversary of the film coming up in a couple of years. Yeah. Maybe it'd be a good time to uh, finally release the Batman Forever Schumacher cut. Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of interested to see uh, what that would look like, especially with all these uh, director's cuts um, mm-hmm. that have you know come to light in recent years. Uh, so yeah, man, yeah, we'll see if we ever get it. Hopefully, we do. Yeah, I'd be down for it too. But uh, but you know, overall though, I, I 
I can say that Batman Forever is definitely a guilty pleasure Batman movie for me. I enjoy it. Um, I, I don't. It's easy to hate this movie and knock on it, but and I think that's and you know I don't remember people ever really talking real bad about Batman Forever until the Nolan mm-hmm. films came out. Then they look back on Batman Forever and like, oh, it's not very good. It's okay to like the Nolan films and enjoy something like Batman Forever as exactly. well. Exactly. And then I, and I always I, thought the car looked kind of cool. You know, yeah. they try to make it look more futuristic. Mm-hmm. Uh, same for his bat cow. You know, it's, he's got like the vents on the side of his helmet. You yeah. know, and, uh, and Kilmer can actually move his head, unlike Keaton. <laughs> yeah, he he definitely looks a whole less stiff. Versus yeah, you Keaton. just like the bat butt at the beginning of the movie, Matt. <laughs> the bat butt, bat nipples. Is bat this ass. the bat nipples, or no, is that, that uh, Batman and Robin? No, I think this has bat nipples towards the end when they get the new costumes. That's right. Uh, that's yeah, right. yeah, 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 man. That's bat funny. nipples and badass. Uh-huh. Um, all right, I, I think it is time to move on to the moment that everyone is waiting for, and that is our top five movies of 2023. With some honorable mentions in there, and um, Matt, I'm gonna since I kicked off the 2024 ones, I'm gonna let you kick off with your honorable mentions for the year, and then your number five. We'll do your honorable yeah. mentions first. Yeah, yeah, I've got two honorable mentions, um, and uh, you know, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Uh, if you say Fast X, I'm judging you. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. It won't be that bad. <laughs> uh, I do have a uh, Guardians three um, as an honorable mention. Um, I felt like there was a tough list to make uh outside of the top two but uh and then i have dial of destiny um so i just you know those two just almost made it in there um but five i have uh i have oppenheimer um as number five i am we're pretty close so far um my honorable mentions are also guardians three which really enjoyed a lot um but i just couldn't find room for it in my top five yeah Um, you know it's just uh Definitely that whole trilogy that James Gunn put together with the Guardians trilogy is pretty fantastic overall. Um, and then at my my other one will mention, I have Oppenheimer. And man, this was a tough one because I like the movie a lot. Um, I thought it was really well acted, really well put together. But I, I think I judged it on as a movie that is important and it's also really well done. Yes. But I don't know how much I'll rewatch it. Like I, I'll probably watch it one more time because I know you have it on your account that we share together. Mm-hmm. And past that, it's not a Nolan film I'm going to revisit a lot because it's it's talky. It's also heavy subject matter. Yes, um, you but have to I still, pay attention. You yes, but I can still those, appreciate yeah. it and how well done it is. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I flip flopped with your honorable mention. My number five. And my huh. number five, I do have Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny. And that's, that's because Very close. I've watched it four or five times now. I'm loving Dial of Destiny more and more each time I watch it. Yes, it's not Raiders. It's not Last Crusade. It's not the classic Indy we grew up with. But I'm just, the nostalgic factor grabbed me on this one. And and I've fallen in love with the movie a little bit more every time I watch it. I, I'm starting to understand where the original Indiana Jones films were adventure films. This is a character study about that we should all look at where we are in our life when we're older and our place in our, our, our place in history and our place in other people's lives. Yeah. And any, in Indiana Jones case, it's his place in history at that time. In our case, in our lives, it's our children and people that love us. And it gives you a sense of looking back on where you've gone and where you've been. And I'm starting to realize the meaning behind Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny. The more and more I watch it. That's a good take. That's a good take on that film. Um, number four for me, 
I've got, uh, I, I can't believe how, you know, how well these films are always released and that's mission impossible dead reckoning. Uh, and they're just, they're always well done. I feel like they're, they're not losing a step. Um, they keep getting released and I'm, I'm entertained from beginning to end. Um, the action, the story, uh, the bad guys, I think all of it's, uh, well done. And I can't wait for part two to come out. Um, I have this, this was a tough one, but I have it. Number four, I have John Wick four. And then, this is a movie back when it came out in what March or April that I was like, man, there's no way anything's going to be better this year. This was freaking awesome. Yeah. But it, I still stand by its top two or three action movies of all time. Hardball is always going to be number one. Nothing's ever going to replace hardball at number one. Yeah. But this is up there in the top. Um, upon further viewings of it though, I do find some minor flaws in it. That I think brought this movie backwards a little bit for me this year, like the staircase scene at the end. He has eight minutes to get up the staircase, right? About the scene takes 20 minutes. And I'm starting to realize, okay, the movie, we, I get it. The John Wick movies are over the top, but at that point in the film, it goes from being semi-realistic over the top to like, okay, this is stupid. And I didn't notice that the first time I watched it, but upon further viewings, I'm like, okay, this is a little ridiculous. And You're it like, really is. Run upon out of time further, already? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, upon further viewings, it really is like, okay. It's kind of like the mirror scene, the mirror fight, not the mirror fight, the glass room fight in part three against Mark DeCostas. Yeah. Neither one of those guys would be standing halfway through that fight, but the fight goes on and on and on. And mm -hmm. that's my biggest beef with part three is that fight scene at the end is so long that it's like, okay, both these guys would be knocked out dead. <laughs> you know, um, And part four suffers from that same problem with the staircase scene, but overall it's still a great film and my number four for the year. Nice. Uh, number three, I've got across the spider verse. Um, it's, uh, it was well animated. Uh, they spent a whole year on the spider chase and it shows, um, the work they put into that film is evident and, uh, man, they left us on such a cliffhanger, uh, you know, made you definitely want more. And, uh, I think everyone's going to anticipate part two. Um, I have mission Impossible: dead reckoning part one, number three, um, fantastic movie uh i walked out of the theater when i saw it with you and, and frank and and um i think i can put on my facebook that's probably the best movie of the year hands down now i didn't know at the time that you know i would that Oppenheimer would come out or or you know and i'd already seen spider-man at that point but i think my thing with spider-man is when i saw it in theaters i was taking it all in yeah and i and and i liked it a lot i liked it even more upon the second viewing um and that's why it's in a different spot on my list but uh, but Dead Reckoning Part One, like you said, that franchise it just gets better and better and better, and it sucks now. We have to wait longer for Part Two because of the fucking yes. Hollywood strikes. Um, and the great thing is it's a Part One, but it's also a complete film, um, which is really cool. It's it's got cliffhanger elements because you there's certain storylines that are like okay, what's going to happen? Yeah. But you can watch Part One and be fully satisfied, which was something that Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise was very important to them to do. They want to make sure that audience are satisfied uh, waiting for the second part. And, and you absolutely are walking out of it. Yeah. Uh, so number two, um, I've got wick four it's action overload. It's over the top. Um, and you know, I, I felt like it wrapped up the, uh, or, or did it? Uh, I think it just, it wrapped up the, uh, the four movies pretty well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was entertained. Uh, you know, I, yeah, maybe, maybe the stair well scene is long. Um, but I feel like, uh, it's still, uh, way better than that runway, uh, in, in fast, uh, six or fast seven being, you know, never ending. Uh, at least I, I will say at least it's not that, but John wick four. Uh, I do. I do like the way it ends and, and it was satisfying. And I, that's why I don't want them to make a part five because I think you need to end it where, where it stands, you know, and yeah. continue. Um, so that is one thing. Um, I have a feeling our number ones are probably going to be the same and that's okay. Um, <laughs> but at, at number two, man, I have, um, I have a cross the spider, Spider-Man. I struggled for the last couple of weeks and whether it's going to be number one or not, because I really like across the spider verse a lot. Yeah. The last 20 minutes of this film are just incredible. Hell, the whole film is incredible. Just oh, yeah. amazing work of animation to pull these story threads together, keep it moving, keep it exciting, and not get lost in it. Like the story's all pulled together very nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought part one was a achievement. And I thought, man, there's no way they can do it again with part two. And they absolutely did. Um, even better, you know, and uh, Crossfire Verse is just an amazing film. It's not just a kid's film. It's something that any moviegoer can enjoy because I hate it when I hear people say, oh, I'm not going to watch it because it's animated. That doesn't mean it's for fucking kids. This is a brilliant, brilliant film um, yes. and highly worth watching uh, if you're a Spider-Man fan or just a movie fan. Spider-Man Crossfire Verse, very much worth watching. And of course, number one, and uh, I, I I agree with you. I think it's we're the same, and that's Godzilla minus one. Um, yep. this, Godzilla this minus film, one. It snuck in at the end, man, and just surprised the hell out of everybody. I think we we knew it looked good, but man, uh, I can't wait till it comes out so I can own it. Well, I think about the cinematic experience, and I, I still really enjoy going to the movies and seeing things on the big screen, and but. Every now and then you walk out of a film that just fully re-energizes you for your love of cinema and your love of film. And Godzilla Minus One is one is one of those movies. And, uh, you know, that I walked out of just just enjoyed it so much. The kids, the the boys loved it a lot. Um, you know, Waverly, she didn't can't read yet. So for her, she didn't quite understand what was going on. But her comment was, Dad, Godzilla is really loud. I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes and, uh, he is. But such a remarkable film that was made for apparently $15 million is the rumor. And it's made about $70 million worldwide. Um, it's getting a black and white version released in Japan, which I really hope shows up on the American Blu-rays. That's going to be um, cool. Because that's really cool. And it's not just a monochrome print. They actually went in and color corrected the black and white throughout the film to make it look like true black and white. Um, but just... Like you said, it kind of snuck in at the end of the year. You had good trailers. We didn't know how it'd be. And it came out. It just uh, absolutely astonishing. The emotional stuff that the humans go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked, we talked about it on a previous episode. It's still just, you know, amazing. And yeah. uh, just what they were able to do with the human story this time. It's, it's a wartime PTSD movie told with a giant monster as the uh, antagonist and mm-hmm. it's, it's phenomenal. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it's just what a way to reboot Godzilla. I mean, you know, yeah. if that is what Toho is doing now, they've not given their intentions of whether there re- is a reboot or it's a standalone. Uh, the director has an idea for a sequel if Toho lets him do it and he, he wants to do it. And by golly, I hope they do. 
you know, um, give them the money. Yeah. Cause it just, uh, what, what a movie that just, uh, has re-energized my love for that franchise too. I've been going down the rabbit hole last couple of weeks, watching a lot of Godzilla stuff and reading about it. Always been a fan, but now I'm, uh, a, a bigger fan, I think is a good <laughs> way to put it uh, with Godzilla minus one. And I'm like you, I can't wait to own this movie and watch it again and tell people about it. I've been telling people at work, they're like, man, there ain't nothing out to go to theaters. I'm yes, go see Godzilla minus one. And just because it's in Japanese, don't let that stop you either. It's not hard exactly. to read it and keep up with the story. You know, it's a really, really well done film. Um, just can't say enough about it. I mean, this is truly a movie that it's been a while since the movies hit me like this, that I just don't want to stop talking about it or, or, or watching it and seeing it again. I, I, I was thinking about what was the last time this has happened and I couldn't quite pinpoint it, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah, that's man. a sign of just a truly, truly good film. Um, but it's cool though, that we both had the same number one this year. Last year we were split between Top Gun Maverick and the Batman, but this year, uh, we, we, um, agreed and, that, and that's pretty cool. And I yeah. just, uh, just a, just a good film. And, uh, you know, as far as 2023 goes, as we, we come to an end before we preview next week's film, uh, you know, I think we had a good year on the podcast. I mean, we covered a lot of good movies this year, had a good time at Comp Palooza as always. Um, you know, I, as far as I know, we plan on being back at Comp Palooza in May. Um, and, uh, I'm, it's funny. We've been doing so much Godzilla talk, but I'm really leaning towards not to blow my water hint, but towards a Godzilla panel that Comp Palooza. Um, yeah. You know, that'd be a lot of fun. We can talk to our expert long and hopefully joining us. And, uh, you know, I think that'd be fun. Um, you know, and, uh, just uh, some good movies. We thank all listeners to listen to an episode every, at all this year and the support on social media. And, and um, you know, um, and, and here's some more. We're going to hit 400 episodes here next year. It's also yeah. our 10th anniversary of the show. So we're going to do uh, some 10th anniversary special shows coming up. And uh, so we're, we will really look back onto some Rebel Radio moments over the last 10 years here when we do our 10th anniversary shows in uh Late April, early, probably early May, just before Compluge, we'll do our 10th anniversary shows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it'll be a lot of fun. Um, any standouts for you in 2023, Matt? Yeah. You know, we, we had, we had fun this year. I, uh, I, I like that, you know, the, I, I didn't like that, uh, um, crap. Now I can't think of, uh, Carl. Uh, why can't I think of his name? But the uh, guy who plays William Butcher, uh, Carl, Carl Urban, Carl Urban, Carl Urban wasn't there. Yeah. But uh, Jack Quaid was there, and and I still love my signed scream mask. Um, you know, I've got it in a shadow box. It's it's on display with my other horror movie uh, memorabilia. Um, and then uh, some guys at work were were fans of the boys. And I showed him, uh, I showed, I showed them that and, and me and my wife took a picture with Aaron Moore Arity. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I hope, hope some cool guests are at, uh, comic palooza next year and I yeah. hope they, they step it up, you know, but then, you know, a, you know, okay job, you know, I feel like, <laughs> you know, with, with who they're getting, but I feel like whenever they had aliens and, and casts like that, the big casts, you yeah. know, on, on these landmark, you know, movies. I felt like that was when they were really, 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 you know, pumping. And, uh, and I, and I, I'm waiting for them to get back to, uh, to that level. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think 
you know, they're going to get some, some good guests. They're probably still going to do some, some photo ops. Me and you got to do a photo op this year. We got to find somebody and, uh, and redo another picture. Um, and maybe, maybe get Michael in there again. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm uh, yeah. We'll see where 2024 goes. 2023 was a good year. You know, I mean, besides the podcast, Compluza, got to go see my favorite brand Pearl Jam play. That was fun. uh, Yeah, man. It was a good year overall, man. And, uh, we'll see where 2024 takes us. Uh, we have no idea what we're doing yet for the 400th episode or exactly what we're doing for the 10th anniversary shows, but, but, uh, but we'll, we'll be there to do it. Hopefully, um, I'd like to get some more guests on this year, you know, maybe uh, get some guys back on the show here and there and bring some guests on and yeah. do some stuff like that throughout the year and, um, and more great movies to talk about. So I think it'll be fun, but we're going to kick off 2024 in two weeks. We're going to take off new year's week. So no new episode for two weeks. Um, we uh, only take a break a couple times a year, usually right at the new year and sometime and right after comp blues sometimes we'll take about a week off. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, We'll be back in two weeks, and our first movie of 2024 is going to kick off next year. It's the 50th anniversary of when he first appeared in comic books, um, and he's going to and he's coming back into live action when he Jackman returns in Deadpool 3's Wolverine. So we're going to look back on his um, technically a second solo movie because we're not going to do X Men Origins Wolverine at this time, but we're going to talk the Wolverine. My God! My God! My God! My God! Sorry, I'll never hurt you or anyone ever again. It's too late. No! You can't hide. No! I've been trying to find the Wolverine for over a year. It's not who I am anymore. My employer wants to say thank you for saving his life all those years ago. a time when our enemies knew honor. I wanted to offer you something no one else can. A gift. You have struggled long enough. I can end your eternity. Make you mortal. What they did to me. What I am can't be undone. Don't be so sure. We're not healing like before. His flesh is weak now. Eternity can be a curse. A man can't run out of things to live for. This is a movie that uh, 
I think it's pretty good. I think the ending's a bit muddled. I think the movie's it's, it's one of those movies that I remember seeing in theaters and as a Wolverine fan. I think it's extremely solid for an hour and 55 minutes. And then last 20 minutes, it's kind of a bit messy. Uh, I think yeah. it's fair to say on it. Um, and, and it's a shame because I thought the movie was going so well and it got to the end. I'm like, ah, come on. You know? <laughs> um, but but we'll look back in a couple weeks on The Wolverine, which is a very, you know, it's funny is it's probably one of the most, um, besides Old Man Logan uh, in Logan, this movie borrows a lot from Wolverine comics as well. Yeah. Wolverine. So I think it, it'll be good to go back in it. The Ninja fight's great, especially in the, uh, the uncut version, uh, yes. which I don't know if the uncut version is on Disney plus, but the Ninja fights extended on the director's cut. That's on Blu-ray and it's pretty fantastic. All those um, arrows that get stuck through them. Yeah. So I think it'll be a good movie to kick off uh, 2024 and, uh, and, and get into talking about Hugh Jackman as the Wolverine and give Matt a chance to say Hugh Jackman because I'm sure he won't make it through the whole episode without saying that once. It's going to happen. And, it's going to happen. <laughs> but until then, the rebelradiopodcast.com is where you can find all of our links and social media and all that. And uh, thanks for a great 2023 and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all our listeners and fans. Yes. And uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you, Matt, and your family. And, um, and to you as well. Until then, this has been Mark. This has been Matt. Remember, as always, just go there there and do it.